Welcome in to another episode of the Esports Network Podcast. I'm back on the mic after a pretty long vacation, and for our listeners, sorry for not updating you on why the content suddenly dried up. Basically, it's summer, and there's been a lot of scheduling conflicts, out of office, the weather's been beautiful, people have been on vacation, I took a couple of vacations, and so it's been really hard to get guests on this show and to cover some big topics because there just haven't been that many uh, huge stories breaking. But today we're going to do a new form of content and what I'm calling this is an oral history and today's topic is optic gaming. So what I'm going to do is break down everything about optic gaming, where the brand came from and why it is in the news recently for being sold to the Immortals Gaming Club. So we're going to start at the end, because that is the most topical. This is why we're talking about Optic Gaming. And I figure if you listen to this podcast, you've probably heard this news already. Basically, Optic Gaming doesn't really exist anymore. They were sold to the Immortals Gaming Club last month, and Immortals said they were going to rebrand Optic Gaming's League of Legends Championship Series team and sell their Overwatch League team because Immortals already owns one. They were, however, going to use the Optic Gaming brand in the newly franchised Call of Duty League, which is now the the CDL. Sorry, it used to be the Call of Duty World League. It is not anymore. It is the Call of Duty League, which is going by the acronym CDL. Recent change. Going to take a little while to get used to. So if I call it the CWL, I mean the new CDL. Anyways, they're going to be using the branding, but they no longer have the leader, Hector, Hector Rodriguez, Hex Z for people unfamiliar. And they don't really have the same team. Some of the players rallied against them. And so Optic Gaming, while it will still be a logo, is sort of just a shell of its former self. And we're going to get to a little bit of the ramifications of that and why that might not work. Uh, but first, I want to start at the beginning. Why Optic Gaming is so important and why this was so heartbreaking for many esports fans. Optic Gaming was founded in 2006 as a Call of Duty sniping team. That's a very similar origin story to FaZe Clan, and the two organizations had a very intense rivalry in the Call of Duty world for so long. In fact, sniping clans were one of the big starters of esports organizations in the mid-2000s, the other one being forums, actually. Team Liquid uh, Solo Mid started out as community forums based around certain games. So those are two of the interesting origin stories uh, of a modern esports organization worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Optic, not, unfortunately, but Liquid is, for sure. So back in 2006, this Call of Duty sniping team is founded by Crew, KR3W, and then quickly transfers over to Ryan, quote, J Muscleman. And the latter one is actually going to appear back later in the story, but in just the next year, Muscleman steps down and he is replaced by Hector Hexy Rodriguez. And that is where the modern optic era really begins. Because for many people, optic is Hector and Hector is optic. He has ran the organization since 2007, all the way until he gets sold to Infinite Esports in 2017. And it's not a surprise that once Hector left the franchise, things started going downhill. But first, before things went downhill, 
they were going great. Hector took a Call of Duty team, made it very successful, made it the premier dynasty in Call of Duty esports, and then he started expanding. He expanded into Gears of War with a crazy successful team there. He expanded into Dota 2 and into Overwatch, securing a franchise spot in both the Overwatch League and the League of Legends LCS, which was a really tough thing to do at the time, but also may have been a key contributor contributor to his downfall because those franchise spots cost a lot of money and it meant he had to go to the outside help and get it bought by a different company so I'm getting a little bit too far ahead of myself basically my point is Hector did an amazing job of expanding the optic empire but it all starts with the first season and that first season was 2010 in the call of duty modern warfare 2 during that season, Optic Gaming placed fourth at the MLG National Championships in 2010, and for that, they picked up a rousing $500 before the start of the next season. Yeah, things have changed quite a bit in esports since then, clearly. And actually, they changed quite quickly, because the next year was Call of Duty Modern Warfare... No, sorry, the next year was Call of Duty Black Ops. And Black Ops was a solid season, sort of similar. Uh, Optic didn't have as much success as that first season, but then in season three, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, Activision announces Call of Duty XP, and they host a $1 million tournament to showcase the next edition of the franchise. And that $1 million tournament was staggering at the time. There had only been one other esports tournament that had topped the seven-figure mark in prize pool, and that was the International which had just topped it a month or two before. So this event truly was staggering. It was a huge moment in Call of Duty esports. It was a huge moment in the esports world in general. Call of Duty XP was where some people mark as a starter of the modern era of esports in general. And for Optic Gaming, it became an incredibly important event. Optic won XP, and they took home the crazy high pride pool. I believe it was 400000 and the trophy. And one of their players went on to become one of the most important people in esports, and that was Matthew Nadeshot Haig. Nadeshot was a sub, actually. Two members of the Optic Gaming team were not available to play. Nadeshot's picked up. They make it to the grand final and won it. Then Nadeshot is not picked up again, and he creates his own Optic team under the Optic Nation brand, but they did never have that much success. Well, why is Nadeshot so important? Because Nadeshot became a business mogul, and he created 100 Thieves, you know, the esports organization that has pulled in investments from people like Drake and Scooter Braun. They are one of the largest esports orgs on the planet. They have a merch line that has been seen on NBA players and musicians all over the world. And they're just one of the most notable esports organizations in the world. And they got their start on Optic Gaming, Nadeshot the founder, with the Call of Duty XP. That was where he first appeared on the scene. I mean, he'd been on the scene before, but that was his biggest win. And so now moving on, we have Optic Gaming. They've cemented themselves as one of the best teams in the game. 
we're into the Call of Duty Black Ops 2 season, and Call of Duty is so frustrating because when you talk about League of Legends, it's like, ah, oh, this happened next. Call of Duty, you have to explain which game each season happened on, which gets a little annoying because they are all, is it Modern Warfare 3 or Black Ops 2 or Advanced Warfare or Ghost or just there's been 12 titles in Call of Duty since the start of this, and I have to skip some of the years because I can't talk about what happened in each of these individual seasons. So now we're on Call of Duty Black Ops 2. This game was a very big success in the competitive scene. It was well done. It was made by Treyarch, who's one of the most consistent developers. OptiGaming picks back up Nadeshot, who rejoined the OptiGaming competitive team on a permanent basis. Finally, leaves the OptiNation team and joins OptiGaming. They play their first LAN event together, which was UMG Chicago, and OptiGaming wins the event. So they became the first Call of Duty Black Ops 2 champions. They don't have a great rest of the year, but they did win the very first Black Ops 2 event. Nadeshot's on the team, setting the scene here. We're in ghost season, and this is one worth highlighting and stopping up. So we are in 2013 to 14 season. And the Optic Gaming team is invited to the MLG X Games because they finished in the top three at the Call of Duty World Championships. And so I'm skipping over major results for Optic Gaming just because they had a lot of amazing success. But if they didn't win it, I can't cover it because there's too many things they did win. <laughs> so they go into the MLG X Games event. And again, huge moment for the mainstreaming of esports. We're in 2013-2014. Esports at an event like the X Games were not a common thing. And now they have been a pretty consistent part of X Games events. But back then, this was one of the first years they were done it. And this was the first exposure for a lot of people to the esports world. So they do a, have a great run through the LAN event, and they win the X Games. They face Team Caliber, who's also a long-standing Call of Duty organization. And they beat Team Caliber in a pretty thrilling match. Came down to a Game 5, Round 10 in Search and Destroy. Nateshot wins a gold medal and his first MLG Championship at the X Games in Austin, Texas. That year, Nadeshot is voted by fans as the Game Awards 2014 Esports Player of the Year. So really, this guy goes from being a sub just a couple of years ago to winning two major events, winning a gold medal at the X Games, and now he's being honored on stage at the Game Awards. Pretty remarkable rise for Nadeshot, and like we said, it just keeps going up for him. So that's his story, and his story is so important because... Optic Gaming has had so many amazing players. You've got guys like Karma and Crimzix. The Call of Duty scene has a ton of different turnover between years and between rosters, but the Call of or but the Optic Gaming squad, there are players who are just beloved by that fan base. Then we have Advanced Warfare. Now we're in 2015, and Advanced Warfare is when the Optic Dynasty really takes off. It was 2015. They win UMG Orlando 2015. They win MLG Pro League Season 1 Playoffs. They win the Call of Duty Championship 2015 in the North American Regional Final. They win ESWC 2015. They win Gfinity Spring Masters. They win UMG California. They win MLG Pro League AW Season 2 Playoffs. They win UMG Washington, D.C. And finally, to cap it all off, they win the MLG World Finals. That's all in 2015. All those different titles and big events. But the one thing they don't win that year 
is the Call of Duty Championships. And after that season, Nateshot announces he's stepping down, partially due to disappointment from that, and also because the full-time esports grind is a lot, and he clearly, he's already thinking about 100 Thieves at this point, and he goes on to be a full-time content creator as well as a co-owner of the Optic organization. So he's already turning his sights to entrepreneurship, something he is, proves very adept at. So that's the moment. Nate Shot's retired. He's moved into the back end a little bit. Call of Duty's still dominant. To replace Nate Shot, they bring in Damon Karma Barlow. He is the GOAT of Call of Duty esports. He really is. I think that's pretty well established. It's not one of those like Jordan versus LeBron debates. It's no, nah, I think Karma's the GOAT. Uh, he is nuts. And People call him a nuclear bomb. They, you know, Karma is almost untouchable, and he takes the reins from Nadeshot as the new leader of the Optic Gaming Call of Duty team. And now we're entering the Call of Duty World League, the CWL, which has recently undergone a name change, but for now, it's still the CWL. So we are in 2016. The league is franchising. Optic Gaming is in a top spot. And we enter the Call of Duty World League Stage 1 Playoffs. And from this point, so if you noticed in that last list of the 2015 accomplishments, it's Gfinity, it's USWC, it's UMG California, it's MLG World Finals, it's there's the Call of Duty Championship, which isn't any of those. So it's a very fragmented esports scene with all these different events and they're majors and they're important, but you know some teams are competing in one, some teams aren't competing in one. And it's, it's super fractured. There's all these different events. And you don't know what to prioritize. Well, the Call of Duty World League sort of changes that. Now, the Call of Duty Championships are the pinnacle. And you have um, these Opens. Those are the, the major events throughout the year. And then you have the Stage Playoffs. So, going through their results in 2016, Optic Gaming gets first in the Call of Duty World League Stage 1 Playoffs. We were in Black Ops 3, by the way. That is the new title. They get first in the Call of Duty World League Anaheim Open. They get first in the Call of Duty World League Orlando Open, all in Black Ops 3. So that's pretty important. I think there's usually, oh, I'm going to get this totally wrong, but I think there's like between four and six Opens each year, and they have a ton of different competition. You have people reaching in from the Open Qualifiers. Sometimes you have people going out as early as group stages. So it's really impressive to win an open and to win multiple in one year. Think of it sort of like a majors in golf or tennis. If you win two in one year, you had a crazy, crazy year. So that's about what you can equate that to. And they're clearly winning a lot. We're in 2017. We're moving to Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Oof, not not a great title. Personally, I'm anti-Infinite anti Warfare, but... Uh, Optic wasn't, because Optic kept winning. They win the Call of Duty World League Paris Open. Then they win the Call of Duty World League Dallas Open. Then they win the Call of Duty Global Pro League Stage 2 Playoffs. And then they pulled down the big one. The 2017 Call of Duty Championship. And that was a pretty huge moment, again, for Optic. You have this team that's really just had very consistent success ever since that first major tournament in Call of Duty XP, and they're still winning. Their fan base has grown massively, and they're just ravenous at this point. But then things start to go a little off, and that is when 
Optic wants to expand. They've dominated and they could be dominating the Call of Duty World League forever. They really could. They, they had no reason they had to stop, but they had their ambitions set on more. And that's what modern esports organizations do is they compete in a wide variety of games because they want to cement themselves in these different brands and game space. So they begin expanding. And they franchise a team in the League of Legends LCS. They're selling these franchise spots for $10 million apiece. And they're very valuable. That's It's a worthy thing. But still, you got to come up with $10 million up front. And for esports organizations, no matter how popular you are, you're still not making a ton of money. So that's a problem. And then the Overwatch League comes knocking. They're like, hey, we're going to be the next biggest esport, and if you want to get a franchise league in this, we want Optic Gaming in it, it only cost you $25 million. And so they buy it, and they get the Houston Outlaws. But they don't have enough money. That's, that's a lot of money, so what do they need? They need outside investors, and they find those through a new group created by Texas Rangers COO Neil Liebman and Chris Cheney. Those are the two people who run this new company called Infinite Esports Entertainment. And they buy out Optic Gaming so they can help them get into the Overwatch League and into the LCS while dominating the Call of Duty League. It turns out people have heard about this Call of Duty franchising is going to happen for a while too. So they have these grand aspirations. They're competing in Dota 2. They're competing in Gears of War. They have an amazing Gears of War team. And they're competing in CSGO. They're really expanding their foothold. But it may have been a bit too quickly, ultimately. We still haven't heard the best story of what the hell happened at Infinite Esports Entertainment. Uh, but it wasn't good. It it basically started off poorly. People, there were rumblings from inside. Some disgruntled employees leave. You hear some quotes, but they're still chugging along. They still have the Optic Gaming brand. You, you'll assume they'll be all right. Then they get round, there's a massive round of layoffs. And that was when people were like, okay, these flags are really going. And this is in Optic, this is in, sorry, not Optic. I've said Optic so many times. This is in October of 2018. And it was, there was a staff of 70 people originally. And apparently 20 of those are fired, according to a report from Ben Fisher at the Sports Business Journal. And among those fired are Cheney, who was acting as president at the time and was one of the two people who founded the organization. So clearly things are not going well. Hector's been um, upset with his lack of, I think they promised him he was going to still be a guiding force in it. And instead he's running into a lot of roadblocks. That's what I've gotten out of some of his interviews. He hasn't talked about it explicitly as much. At least I haven't heard it. But basically, they were like, oh yeah, we'll bring you in because he's one of the best guiding forces in an esports organization we've ever seen. So I would assume he's like, yeah, they'll, they'll provide the money and they'll let me keep running it because I'm good at this. Well, it seems like there's been a little bit, there was a little more oversight and he wasn't able to run the staff how he wanted. So he was disgruntled. And after that round of layoffs, they bring in Ryan Musselman, who was one of the two people who originally founded it and sold it over to Hexy and their in the beginning, but really all he's doing is a broker. They Optic Gaming is now on the table and ready to be sold. Just a year after being acquired by Infinite Esports, there are talks that different ownership groups are trying to get it, 
And the two main ones emerge as Immortals Gaming Club, which of course eventually does buy it, and Hector. And Hector is trying to get investors together to buy back his esports organization and regain control. Clearly, he wasn't able to do that. He wasn't able to outbid Immortals, who have just an absurd amount of money and have just been on a crazy buying spree lately. Um, so they have apparently just a lot of money and they won the bidding war. And that was a death sentence. And I started with this at the top, but you have all these different teams. The Gears of War roster has been released. Uh, they're still competing in CSGO and Dota as far as I know. I, the, neither of those two leagues have franchised rules, so an Immortals team can also compete. And Immortal Zones uh, made in Brazil, which is the top CSGO team. But as far as I know, they can own Optic Gaming and made in Brazil, and both teams can still compete. But Optic Gaming's CSGO franchise is never their crown jewel, so it might just not be worth it for them to hold up two different uh, CSGO teams at the same time. Same with Dota 2. I really don't know how good Optics Dota 2 team is, but if they have any chance of competing in the international, absolutely worth keeping them on until at least after the international in August because there's a chance at a massive payday there. So if they do have a chance at competing, they'll keep those people on, but their future will probably be in doubt after the international. The three main things you're buying Optic for are the LCS spot, which we originally said was $10 million, which is an absolute bargain. The Overwatch League spot, which is weirdly an inflated amount because it's so expensive, but the LCS is more popular and it doesn't make a ton of sense why the Overwatch League spots go for as much as they do. After season one, season two spots sold for up to $40 million for an Overwatch League spot. And now Immortals has the only spot open for sale right now because they own the Los Angeles Valiant, which means they have to sell the Houston Outlaws. And so if there's any disgruntled billionaire who really wants an Overwatch League team for some reason, uh, the Houston Outlaws are really their only option until they begin to expand again. I'm not don't think it's super likely that the Overwatch League will be expanding anytime soon. They're already working on the logistical nightmare of, ex of placing these teams in their home cities. So adding more cities to that list just ups that logistical nightmare. So they really bought Optic Gaming for the LCS spot because Immortals was one of the teams that didn't get it. They, they weren't afforded it, Riot gets to choose, and they chose Optic Gaming, they didn't choose Immortals. So Immortals is like, well, screw you guys, I'm buying one. And they just bought all of Optic Gaming. And with that, they also bought the Optic Gaming brand and Optic Gaming spot in the new CDL. But here's where it gets a little tricky. They say, hey, we're going to keep using the Optic Gaming brand in the CDL because that's Optic Gaming. They have all these fans. People love them. They have been a dynasty. But they aren't Optic Gaming anymore. And so it was announced that Optic's going to have the new Los Angeles spot, but it's Immortals. And right after, Hex Z tweets, quote, that ain't us, end quote. And his replies are filled with, People being like, I was a green wall, I'm not anymore. If Hexy's not not part of it, I'm not part of it. Uh, people, the players tweeted and were like, 
that's not the real optic gaming like we'll still talk to you about it and we'll still play for you but also this feels disingenuous like everybody wants to make it very clear that this isn't optic this is immortals using the optic gaming brand and it's kind of a weird situation for immortals because they were buying the lcs spot first and foremost um, being able to sell the overwatch league spot is probably good business too but now they have this weird case where they're using the brand of an organization that's disgruntled and the person who's been running it is mad and the players aren't happy and they may actually shoot themselves in the foot because you can this is a way to channel all that positive energy that had always surrounded optics call of duty team into negative energy being like well now we're pissed because that's not optic anymore that's immortals masquerading as it and if immortals just came in and just was like we're we're the immortals you're gonna have to you have to support us who knows that may have been better to start at ground zero than to start at by taking the Optic Gaming brand, which may be an ultimate negative. I don't know. It's a really weird business perspective um, for Immortals. So that's basically it. That's the history of Optic Gaming. And I left out a lot of stuff. Like, I didn't want to get into nitty-gritty Call of Duty results, into player leaving, into player drama. There's crazy drama between complexity and Optic, between phase and Optic. Throughout the history of the Call of Duty League, there's so much trash talk, players leaving, players getting dropped, uh, players talking shit, and it's all great to watch. I suggest checking out uh, Dexerto did a great documentary on Optic Gaming. Uh, Optic Hitch, who is a longtime videographer for them, did a really cool expose on what changed when Infinite Esports came about, and I'll leave those two links down there because this was really just... Scratching the surface of the history of Optic Gaming, I mean, I'm wrapping 10 years of esports organization into about 30 minutes. So yeah, had to leave out a lot of stuff there. But for people who have heard about the Optic Gaming news and maybe are joining the esports scene a little recently, wanted to give some perspective on where Optic Gaming came from and why so many fans are just hurt right now to, to think that one of those... One of those organizations that really built esports and was people's first introduction to esports really might not be around anymore. And when you watch them compete in the CDL, be on the lookout for casters and for fans to talk about, hey, this isn't Optic. And they're still using the Optic brand. Who knows if players end up leaving? But yeah, it's something... To be on the lookout for in the future of the esports world and you know rip to optic gaming it's was a great run and did a bunch of amazing things for esports and it'll be great to see what hector rodriguez ends up doing uh, with his future i could see him starting a new organization or i could see him joining 100 thieves in a leadership role could could happen could come to nade shot uh, they're still really close friends they've worked together very um very closely throughout the past and they've appeared in each other's videos going on trips together so it's not out of the, the realm of possibility but yeah the future for optic is uncertain and a little bit sad to be to be honest it's one of the best esports organizations ever and you know it'll be weird going forward 
But that's the end of this Esports Network podcast. I hope you enjoyed this look back at the history of Optic Gaming, their success in the Call of Duty competitive scene, the people they have built and who have grown with them. And check out those links in the more, uh, below if you want to learn more about uh, Optic's history in Call of Duty and about um, what happened when Infinite Esports took over and now you know, what's, what's, it, it's over. Like the optic gaming era really is in many ways over. And yeah, there's still some loose ends to be tied up, but that's where it feels like it is. Speaking of over, so is this podcast. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you. And I'll be back soon with some more of these oral histories. I'm going to try and do these during the summer. So keep, keep getting you guys some uh, good content. That's all for this one. See ya.